Hello everyone and welcome to HPR. This is Kay Wisher and Honky Magoo again. We're coming to you on a on Mumble and we're going to do a part two from our first episode. T tonight's topic is going to be how we use Linux. How you doing tonight, uh, Honky? Doing really well. Uh, just enjoyed a wonderful Thanksgiving meal. Same here and I, we're we're doing this show the day after Thanksgiving on a Friday evening, and I had my second round of Thanksgiving tonight for for dinner, so you can always count on the leftovers. It's always good the second time around, too. And hopefully that trip to fan will kick in in the middle of the show and we'll be able to make it through. True, very true. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, have to keep an eye on that. If I hear you snoring, I'll, I'll uh, know to give you a little poke. What if you do a little horn over this thing? Um, I'm not sure. I think my son has a one of those air horns I can fire up if we need it. <laughs> I don't want you to wake up the house. Well, tonight, or in this episode, we're going to kind of give a brief overview of what we use Linux for, our own homes, uh, our own setups, and to the first uh, topic of discussion would be a basic, you know, uh, file server, and I have... A, actually, I have two Samba file servers running on my home network. Uh, one is a is running on uh, a, a, Z, a Ubuntu install, which um, basically has all my music and all our all our family's digital pictures stored on, and it allows. Uh, multiple access, you know, to all my family members, and and we've got quite a bit of digital pictures, uh, I've got quite a bit of ripped music. Uh, on the other machine is where I keep the, the video, my uh, personal home videos, and my ripped DVD content, because that system happens to be my Myth TV system on, that's connected to my TV. So I've, like, I've got like I said, I've got two actually Samba and NF servers running on the on both machines. It's serving Samba because I've got Windows PCs, and I use the NFS part for for my Linux Linux. I just kind of like NFS better than Samba for Linux and Linux. It's a little bit easier to set up. How do you, how's your setup, Honky? Well, mine is just set up for, um, mine is set up so it, it's attached to a uh, 1.5 uh, uh, terabyte external USB drive, and I have it uh, set up just basically to share everything. Um, the only thing, I mean, I have I have everything on there for the most part. Uh, I keep, a, a, my wife keeps all of her um, pictures on a thumb drive, and I try to, any chance that I can get, just plug that thing in and back it up as much as I can. Because, you know, knowing, knowing my luck, one of those days that thing is going to either break or fall apart or get lost or something's going to happen to it. And I want some sort of a backup of it. And there's been several times when I've had to um, recover my wife's uh, laptop, either from me screwing it up or just from Windows being Windows. So I've had to go in there and I've taken all of her MP3s and iTunes stuff and I have probably... Actually, I could probably go in there and delete it, uh, delete a bunch of that stuff because I have probably about uh, two full, complete libraries of that backed up on there. And um, yeah, I have it Samba shared just for uh, everything, anything that can go to it. Um, 
Yeah, real quick. Can now with uh, with Mid TV on the client side, can you go on to uh, like the music as well? I know there are some people who want to use want to uh, just have the um, play music over their television and stuff like that. So can it go to both servers? Yes, uh, from from my auxiliary or my main file server that houses that stores all my music. I have a share linked to the the main system the main myth tv system that's connected to my tv and home stereo so anytime i want to play my music over uh my home stereo i can just uh usually i i think myth tv has a built-in music player but it's kind of clunky so i just use uh i think it's a rhythm box that came i installed on that it, it's running zubuntu i i, I like the Zubuntu for the Myth TV part because it's easy to get set up and configured. So that's why I run that on both those systems. And so, if, and then like if we're not watching, if my wife's at home during the day and she's not watching TV, she, uh, I use, uh, I can't even remember the name of the app. It's a front end for Pandora. I think it's called PETA. Does that sound familiar? I'm not sure, but the only time I've ever used Pandora is on my phone. But this, this, uh, it's in the repos of you know in the Ubuntu rep- uh, repositories. Uh, and if you got a Pandora account, you can sign into this app with your account credentials, and it pulls in all your stations you have set up, you know, through the website, and you can. And you don't get all the commercials like if you have it playing through the website. So it's a really nice little app. Awesome. Now, are you running X on your uh, servers? Um, on the two file servers, yes, um, because um, there's no way to set both these servers are actually Myth TV servers, also, and there's no way to set up Myth TV without a GUI, unfortunately. Oh yeah, there's there's no other way to go in there at all. There's no uh huh. No, it the setup applic the setup is all GUI based. Um now I I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm sure I would have discovered it by now that if you could do it all command line, but um I'm pretty sure you cannot. So you have to have and and on the main system that actually broadcasts like live T V, it, it that's running an X server, but you know, to get the display out of it, um, of course. Um, and then it's, um, and it has to, you, you don't have to, but I run a, a, an NVIDIA card because NVIDIA offloads a lot of the uh, video processing to the GPU instead of your CPU. So that's, so yeah, you have to have X installed and have a GUI on a Myth TV system. Now, can you set up what you're going to record off of the uh, the client, or do you have to go into the uh, the server side to set up uh, some of the recordings and stuff? Well, you can either do it from the graphical, you know, the the front end on the TV. You know, you can use your remote and go in and and schedule recordings. But the easiest way that I've found to do it is it's got actually comes with well, it doesn't come with you install a a web server that has its own. Uh, Myth TV interface, and I can go in there and look at the channel guide and do all my TV scheduling and through that, you know, from any computer in the house. So it makes it a little bit easier to to uh, set up all your recordings and stuff. Oh, there you go. That's easy. 
Now, have you ever opened up a port and uh, scheduled some stuff from, I don't know, outside the house somewhere? Uh, yeah, I have done it in the past. Um, it's not, I don't do it anymore because I'm opening, I think I got other stuff on port 80, but I mean, I could, you know, I could change the default port if I really wanted to, but I don't, you know, I don't really have a need for it anymore. When I first started using, I thought it was neat to remote in and, and show everybody, hey, look, here's my recording schedules and blah, 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 but it, it's it's not that important to me anymore to where I need to to do that remotely. Right. And it's always, it's only like every once in a while that you ever actually need that. And, you know, if you can have the port open for something you really need, then might as well have it open for what you really need. Now there is, uh, I don't know if you know who Dan Fry is from the Tilts program. He and another guy, I think, uh, right, have written a Android app for Myth TV. And I think you can actually set that up to where you can access your stuff externally. And but yet that you know that's going to require a port to be open to your router, but you can actually do it over your Android. Or I don't think no, they don't have an iPhone app. It's all Android, so you can actually install this Android app to get access to your Myth TV system from you know anywhere outside of your network. Also, now have you played with that at all? Um, I did once, and like I say, I I don't really have a need for that to have that kind of access to it it's it's the shows i watch i mean the the scheduling goes out two weeks so i mean if i hear about a show coming up um i really don't have an immediate need to get to it until i get home so i'm just not really it's just not a big you know one of the top priorities on my list of things i need to have access to from outside my home now, is it just a scheduler, or can you uh, watch things from your Myth uh, uh, TV on it? Um, from what I've heard, you can actually you know you can actually stream off of your from you can stream your recordings. Now, I don't know about live TV, but I know you can stream your recordings through your Android device. Uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, I kind of uh, wish I still had um, the uh, the unlimited data on Verizon because on my lunch hour, I used to. Uh, you know, start up a show and shows that run like an hour long, you know, actually would take all the commercials out and then it's, you know, 45 minutes and, you know, that's pretty much my whole lunch hour and I couldn't watch some uh, show on Netflix and, but, you know, now with the uh, restrictions on my data, I'm not doing that anymore. But that was always fun to do. If I had that ability, I might, you know, try it. Um, you know, if, you know, if, if, if you, if you like recording TV for later you know, for later viewing, like I do, I don't, I don't, I don't ever watch live TV anymore because of Myth TV. It's it's just so much convenient, more convenient for me to watch it when I want to instead of scheduling it. You know, to sit down and then especially to watch, have to watch commercials. I just commercials drive me nuts. So and Myth TV auto flags commercials and skips commercials while you're watching your recording. So I hardly ever have to you know see every, any commercials anymore. Well, I, I've been running a TiVo for um, some time now, and about the only uh, I think about the only good thing about the TiVo is the uh, Netflix app. But I can probably get that off my uh, DVD player, and I don't know. It's it's not a bad idea, and I probably uh, at some point should sit down and look at it and see if it's worth it. But I don't know. At the at the same time, I keep on going back and forth on the same idea of trying to cut the cord as well. But I have a feeling that's going to cause some static in the house with some things that won't play right and or won't look as good or won't have all the shows. I don't know. I I gotta sit down and look at everything. 
Yeah, it depends on you know how you're getting you know how are you getting your TV now? Is it cable or is it over the air? Uh, it's cable. Say cable's a as a different beast. Um, just uh, got a letter in the mail from Comcast as my provider, and they have been they have kept their local channels unencrypted, which means I can use a standard store bought tuner and it will. Uh, pick up those unencrypted local channels, and I was using those to record off of. Well, they're starting December 12th. They're going to start encrypting everything, which means they're forcing you to rent one of their devices to do the unencryption. So when I heard heard this letter, you know, got this letter and started thinking, you know, what am I going to do with because I was using using that part of their feed, the, the unencrypted stuff for local channels, and I purchased a, a network-attached tuner device this week off of eBay for $62. It's got two tuners in it, and you just you don't even have to open up your computer. You just plug your cable into it, and I'm, I'm connecting it to a, an antenna instead of the cable. And... You just connect your coax to it, uh, connect it to your network, connect the power to it, and go into Myth TV, and you add the tuners. And I had it all set up today. I got it today, and within an hour, you know, I had it all set up and configured, and it's recording some shows right now. Oh, very nice. But I also, since I still do have cable because my wife likes it, because she likes some of the premium channels we i mean we don't we don't subscribe to hbo or any of that type of premium channels but we get the extra the pretty much get all the digital channels she likes fox news and some other stations that she can't live without the the same company that makes this uh network tuner it's called silicon dust is the name of the company they make a cable card version of this which i have so i have two of these network tuners now one of them has a cable card in it so that I can get the, it'll do the uh, decrypting of the all the stations, and I can re- I can still record off of those. I just can't get the HB, you know, the movie, you know, the paid movie channels and stuff like that. So are you able to set up a package with Comcast where you have uh, some of the digital other packages but none of the local channels? No, I mean, they've got different tiers of you know they got your basic cable which you get like you know through channel two through 60 or 70 or something like that and then you pay for the next package and you get a little bit more and then you can i mean you, you it's got different tiers and this device this uh, that takes their i rent their i rent this cable card from them which i don't have to use their set-top box anymore and this this cable card is really cheap to rent. I mean, it's like two or three bucks a month and it does all the decrypting and as whatever package I have that comes into this, this tuner box, I'm able to view live or record from. Very cool. I actually think I have a, they had to put a, a tuner card into my uh, TiVo. I wonder if I can take that out and start playing with it. If, yeah, if, I mean, if you can, if you can, if you can take it, if it's a one of the PCI device, I assume. No, I'm not exactly sure. They had to, they said they had to send a tech out to install the thing, and I really didn't see when he put it in. But I can always pull that box around and take a look. 
do you do you have a cable card for it for for your cable TV system? I want to say uh, yes. And I'm not that familiar with TiVos, but if it doesn't plug directly into that tuner and it just plugs into the box, you know, somewhere else, you probably, you may or may not be able to use that tuner in another, you know, in a regular PC. I'm I'm not sure. Right. That's probably true. Oh, well. But if it's, if it is a, uh, what's known as ATCS, ATSC tuner, which is what you can tune in the, the free digital channels over the air, and it does have Linux support for it, and it's a PCI device. You can plug it into any computer and and pick up uh, free digital channels, you know, through a, an antenna. That's it. I'm taking it apart tomorrow. I, I highly doubt that. <laughs> I highly doubt that that thing will work, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's. I know that I've heard that TiVos do run a version of Linux. Is that correct? I believe so. Um, I've never actually been able to dive into it. I just heard that it's pretty locked down. I have like uh, one of the older boxes. It was like a TiVo 2 or something like that. That's just been sitting down here that I never had a chance to do anything with. I figured at the very least, maybe I'd be able to, you know, see if I can wipe out the hard drive on it and try to install something else on it. And hopefully I can find a kernel that would work with it. But I've never got around to doing it. Yeah, it the the whole TV tuner um, and Linux it, is it's kind of when I first started in it, and I, it's been years. I think it was uh, the first OS I used with it when I built my first the first. Well, it's my still the same box I'm I'm using. Uh, Mint five was what the current version was when I first set up Meth TV. So that shows how long I've been involved with MEF TV, uh, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of hard to set up, uh, if you had internal tuners, cause you had to make sure you had, if the firmware was, if it was not, you know, supported in the kernel, then you had to go out and find the firmware, which the cards I purchased were not included in the kernel. So, I, you know, I had to go out and find the firmware for them and you had to put the firmware in the correct place and, you know, on the, in the file system and, and I still have to do that too when I reset it. If I wipe the box and start over, um, but it's now with these net, with these network attached tuners, it's so simple. You don't even have to do any of that. You just plug them in and, and, and go through the setup. You don't have to do a whole lot of upfront work with them. Well, that's good. I, I, that's probably one of the things that kind of keep me from it. Uh, it's just the amount of time I, I think it, it's going to take just to get it all set up. But it's one of those things that I've always wanted to. But for right now, I have the uh, the TiVo installed, and that's just been working easy. Um, yeah, and I've been I've been pretty happy with it. I mean, it's not the the greatest thing out there, but like I said, I can get the Netflix on it uh, with Comcast. The uh, Comcast on demand is just gotten within like the last year or so is now supported with TiVo. So uh, that's been that's been actually really nice. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's it's a nice little system, but you know, it's just, it's an extra bill every month, and if I can kind of take that extra bill away, every little bit helps nowadays, you know. So is there a is there a fee for using the TiVo? Not not counting your Comcast subscriptions. Yeah, um, and don't ask me. I, I want to say it's like ten fifteen bucks a month, something like that. I I don't remember anymore. It's been a while since I looked. 
Now, with the Myth TV system, if you want to get your TV programming, there is a there's a service you pay for yearly. It, it's up to when I first started, it was twenty dollars a year to get uh, the scheduling. Um, now it's gone up to twenty five dollars a year, but uh, that's barely very you know that's insignificant in, when you're trying to cut services. Yeah, twenty five dollars a year ain't bad. So we want to move on to uh, uh, move away for a few minutes from the uh, from the media server side on over to uh, uh, more of the let's go with uh, own cloud. Uh, I run an own cloud server on um, my home server, mostly for the purposes of almost the same thing as Samba. Um, I think it's it's worked out great for um, for file sharing, but it's it's mostly for file sharing off of my network. There are times when it seems like it's just a hog on my system because it's it doesn't i don't know i i don't use it as often sometimes and then all of a sudden I'll, there'll just be a need for it where i i'm off of my uh, i'm off my home network and i need stuff off there or i need to uh, share some files with somebody and a lot of times it's just a giant pain to try to fi- share big files with people but this just makes it so much easier that you know uh, just all you have to do is just set up a, a little share thing and then you email that little share thing with somebody and they just go to it. It goes straight to the um, this one little page that has the link up at the top. It says, uh, this has been shared with you and they click on that and it starts downloading. It's a beautiful little thing. That It's got a, uh, a, a nice little calendar app, which um, I, you know, I think it's CalDev that uh, it runs off of, which I wish it, was, it ran off of something else that was a little bit more uh, flexible because I tried to find a uh, application on my phone that ran with CalDev, and I believe I found like maybe one that was like a paid one, but that was really about it. Other than that, I've been very happy with it. I mean, I, I, it's a little bit sluggish, and uh, I know you and I have talked about this in the past about trying to get it so it's trying to uh, number one get it to work on a Raspberry Pi, but uh, number two just try to get it so it's a little bit more snappier. Because I know, I know I've had problems where I've just been sat there and watched it load and load and load on a page. But I've, I've been very happy with it, and I know you, uh, you've been running an old cloud as well. What are your uh, what are your opinions on it? I I, I use it uh, probably not as much as you do now. Um, we were using it a while back as a collaborative tool for a podcast we were involved with. Um, it worked out real well. Um, it, I find it. I find the same thing. It's 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 sluggish at times, but uh, it's it's very similar to having your own Dropbox. Is what I like about it. It's free. Um, in fact, what I'm doing now with mine is I've installed the own cloud client on one of my PCs at the well. It's the garage, my garage server, the main file server, and. I have it. I've just when I installed Dropbox, I just set Dropbox to. Have you are you have you used the own cloud client on any of your PCs? I have not. I've only used the uh, the website. Well, the the own cloud client is very. I mean, the whole own cloud server and client is very. I mean, it acts and behaves the same way as Dropbox does. You you set up this client, you put in the uh, address to your own cloud server and your credential names and whatever it sets up a an own cloud folder in your home directory and any files you put in there it just it automatically uploads them and keeps them synced to the server so what i've done on this one on the server that stays on all the time is i've just when i installed i installed the own cloud client first and then installed 
Dropbox, and I just move my. You can tell the in the own or the Dropbox client to where you want to put your Dropbox folder. So I just put it inside the own cloud folder so that it's continually getting synced to my own cloud server just in case, you know, Dropbox is a free service. You know what they say about free services. One day they're going to go away, maybe. Always possible. And then with, if I, like you say, anytime you got a file you want to share with somebody, it's real simple to right click and, and send somebody an email link just like you can in Dropbox. Um, I like the like you say the calendar is nice. It's not as full featured as what you, like you said, not as like you you want it to be, but it, it's it's very useful. Um, you can uh, set up if you set up that calendar and you can get the link for it. You can actually uh, in any calendar application like uh, on Thunderbird has a lightning add on. It's a calendar calendar <laughs> calendar. Say it for me, Hunky. Calendar. It's a calendar, calendaring app add-on for Thunderbird, and you can put that link in there from your own cloud server, and it will stay, you know, synchronized with Thunderbird. If you ch- and if you change the calendar in Thunderbird, it'll link it up and, and it'll sync it up to your own cloud server also, so it works, you know, bidirectionally. So I mean, it's it's got its purposes. So if you don't like the the calendaring interface of the own cloud interface, you know, the web GUI, you can find uh, a calendar application to link to it that has maybe more features. And one of the, and, um, it actually also has the uh, the uh, ability to put in a, a, uh, pictures to be able to view pictures on it and stuff like that. And uh, that's another one of the things that either I got to do a better. Uh, I do. I know I have to go in there and do a much better job of organizing my pictures because it'll show like uh, like a big screen of all of the photos and do and show like little samples of them and you can do like a little slideshow in there with them. But it's uh number one i gotta organize them better so it's not loading up so many things at one time but it's also i think just because um own cloud is a little bit s- slow and um i mean if, if i can get that to work a little bit better and we were talking about um own cloud by default runs off of uh well yeah by default runs off of a uh, an apache server and we had looked at the idea of running uh an on an Nginx, and i think one of these days i'm going to probably uh, throw nginx onto this thing as well and see if i can just link uh, own cloud up to it just to see if i can get it running a little bit snappier just it has so much potential for so many cool things like there's also add-ons for like a uh, music player and i want to say for different type of um, video files there's also an add-on that you can uh, watch videos through it and stuff there's lots of cool little add-ons and from what i've heard that they're working on it more and more and more I just I need I need to get it so it just runs a little bit smoother and maybe it's my hardware I, mean, I just need to upgrade my hardware for what I'm doing. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. Whether it's you know, like I say, I'm running if it's on your your own hardware. Whether you need you know, a, I don't know, you know what what the minimum requirements are for this. Um, whether Nginx would help. Uh, I know on my I just reinstalled on cloud on the on a box redid uh, redid another server i've got um that houses the own cloud and instead of putting mysql on i put maria db but i don't think that 
I'm pretty sure that that's not going to give me any. Perf- I haven't noticed any performance difference. So I think Maria DB is just a a fork of MySQL, so it's probably got the same performance. I, like I say, I haven't noticed any increases in speed, so I don't know what the answer is to make it a little bit snappier. I mean, I'm even talking when I'm using the web interface on my local network, it's still sluggish. Yeah, I find that too. And I and we've been talking about it back and forth for a while now, and I keep on looking for uh, the possibility of different types of uh, databases. And unfortunately, uh, I'm not that smart when it comes to databases. But they had uh, I was looking at possibly doing the SQLite, SQL Lite, or whatever. Um, that might be a little bit easier, but at the same time, it's it said something about only being able to have one user, which for me wouldn't be that big of a deal because. Normally, you know, I'm the only guy who uses it for the most part, so it wouldn't. That I don't think that would matter. But uh, I, really, I'm I'm willing to try anything at this point. But I just got to get around to probably wiping it out and starting over again, or doing it on another box. So, do you do you have other accounts on there, or is just you and you by yourself? It's just me by myself. I mean, I've added other accounts before. Like uh, a friend of mine was um, trying to do a. Uh, her husband's birthday was coming up and she wanted, I was going to do a uh, video montage to her husband type of a deal for his birthday. And she was just uploading. I had set up an account so she can just sit there and upload a bunch of, um, bunch of movies onto little like five second videos that she took with her phone and whatever music she wanted to put on it and uh, a bunch of pictures and stuff so i had uh, set up an account for that and i had uh, set up like a very general guest account that i wanted it for like um uh, my mother or my family to be able to go on to and uh, see pictures of my daughter and that was the that was the big thing with me is just trying to um just show them how to use that and show uh show to show them that site and it just it took forever to load up any of the pictures and stuff and that's where i kind of went you know maybe i need to do a much better job of organizing this stuff so it doesn't take you know three hours just to load up the page and then you know you you, you just uh, hit on one picture and all of a sudden it just sit there and lags forever to load up that picture and then it uh, lags forever to go back to the giant thing of thumbnails or you know just a little bit snappier and maybe uh, maybe that's not right the right tool for that and maybe i need to find something else to be able to uh, uh show off pictures and i don't know but it's 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 a real nice program that just seems like it's almost there you know yeah and they're continuously making improvements to it um it's they're always adding features and um now what what type of os are you running this on ubuntu 12.04 lts I I just switched mine over to a Debian. This same this box that houses this the own cloud over to Debian, and I'm not I, I'm not know that like I say I don't notice any speed increases there either. So I'm sh- I'm pretty sure it's you know related to to the internals of own cloud. I, I just I really I'm really interested in the next time I have to I didn't have time to do it this time this week. To try Nginx and see if that's if that's the bottleneck. Now, how do you install uh, OwnCloud? Because I know there's like several different ways to do it. Um, I think I usually just wind up downloading the uh, downloading the file and unzipping it. But I know they also have like a uh, recently they I went on there and they well uh, last time I installed 
they had a like almost like a web-based thing to be able to install it where you just download this one little thing and it's supposed to walk you through it on uh, as long as you as long as everything on the on the lamp stack has uh, you give it access you can just kind of walk through the install and it'll set everything up uh, through like almost like a little web GUI type of a thing I haven't tried that feature I know what you're talking about I've seen that but what I Oh, what I always do is I just add the repos to Ubuntu or just, you know, here recently, you know, Debian. It gives you, uh, I think on their website, it gives the uh, Linux installers. And it, it if you f- follow the other links to, uh, and it lists all the, how to add it to all these, you know, all the other popular distros. But you can just add, uh, uh, with, uh, add, you know, add a, something to your source this file to where you can just continually get automatic updates when you do your normal updates also. It may be a version, you know, like a point version behind what the latest is where if you just downloaded, you know, the tar file and, and did like you're saying, just, you know, unzipped it into the, the var www folder and, and went that route. But uh, I like just doing it through, the, through a, a repo. That way it's getting its updates automatically and then when you do the you know, do the install, it automatically pulls in all the dependencies and everything. See, that's probably the best way to go. And if you're going from a different repo, then uh, I'm going to have to ask you to send me what, uh, what that repo link was. Because on Ubuntu 12.04, it's actually in uh, their just standard repo. I did that at get installed the first time I installed, I installed it. But it was, like you said, it was like, but I think, like this time it was like several versions behind. And um, one of the things that that I liked about it was, that I can hook it up to the um, to be able to set up which drive uh, it was going to, and in the system, uh, there there was a much easier way to be able to do it, and that didn't come out exactly the way I wanted to. But I have uh, I told you how I have the Samba shared um, uh, directory, the one point five terabyte that that's hooked up to it, and it's Samba shared. I wanted to get that set up on um, own cloud, so that's basically just the only place where I'm going to dump files is in. Uh, in that Samba share. And to do that in the later versions was very simple. You just go in there and they had like, uh, it was part of the, the whole, um, the whole settings page where you just added that directory in there and it was just automatically added into it. While the older versions, you had to go into some config file and that drove me absolutely nuts because I sat there and played with that and got absolutely nowhere. So I wound up downloading it and uh, the latest version and installing it that way. But if I can get it from repos, like you're saying, that, that's that's the best way to go. I mean, it, it'll automatically update. I don't think mine's been updated in forever. Yeah, and then like when you if you do the you know if you do the get the tar file and and unzip it, then you then you have to can do the, you know, make sure you keep it updated yourself if you want to get, you know, when the next release comes out, you have to kind of jump through some hoops to get the new release. And But on the own cloud, the main owncloud.org site, it's where you get to the installer you're talking about. There's, um, there's a link that has all the main distros, and it gives you, you know, it's got CentOS, uh, Debian, Fedora, OpenSUSE, Red Hat, Sless, Yes, uh, OpenSUSE um, and Ubuntu. If you just click on the link, you know your operating system. It gives you instructions on how to add the repos so that you can, you know, get the continuous updates. Cool. Now I just got to find the time to do it. And I think you know I'm not sure whether you can add that on now if you've done done it another way. I'm you know I'm pretty sure you could. I don't think it's going to break anything too hard. <laughs> 
about the only thing I'm worried about breaking on the system is the uh, the uh, Samba. Other than that, the rest of this can probably go. I mean, the only other thing I have on here is the uh, what I got here. I got well, I got the um, the Plex uh, server that I've been playing around with. I had uh, put that on there to um, because I wanted to play around with uh, Rasplex, which is a uh, a Plex um, client for the Raspberry Pi that I didn't have much luck playing around with. But um, that I I'd lose the, uh, the Plex. Well, now 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 that I'm not using it for the, uh, the Raspberry Pi, uh, what's it called? My PS3 has Plex, and I've been using my PS3 in my living room because it has. Uh, Netflix on it, so I'd watch Netflix, and then I can also go to the Plex side and uh, watch the stuff that I've uh, ripped my movies from. Um, and I lose that. And uh, recently, I installed uh, just for the hell of it, uh, ELGG, which is a um, it's a uh, it's kind of a, a blogging uh, social media site that I kind of downloaded and wanted to play with for the hell of it. And uh, that's a. I'm probably going to wind up wiping that out because I have no reason for it. I just, you know, one of those things to try and do it just to say that you can try and do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't hurt anything to try something out. And like you say, you can always, if it's some type of web, you know, like runs off of a web server, you can pretty much just, you know, wipe out that folder it's, it puts under the root of the www folder and you're you know, maybe delete some configuration files and you can play around with the next thing you want to play around with. Yeah, like I, I actually installed uh, on the uh, my server before I wiped it out. I had uh, Joomla installed on it, which is a content management system. And um, after playing around with that for a little while, I actually kind of, I had downloaded a bunch of like dollar books from the uh, the Kindle store and I uh, was playing and uh, learned a bunch of stuff on how to actually get some stuff moving on that. But after a while, I just sat there and went, I have absolutely no purpose for a website. So it just sat there and sat there and sat there until I wiped the whole system out, and now I don't have it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, web develop, you know, websites, if you don't, like you say, if you don't have a need for it, if you don't have a business, if you don't need to get your, you know, your name out there and, and interact with customers or a the public and it's yeah it's there's really not a whole lot of i mean unless you just want to play around with it on your you know on your home home network yeah and with the elgg i was kind of uh playing around with the idea in my head um the same idea as i was uh thinking about or talking about a minute ago with the own cloud uh just as kind of a place where i can set up um all the be able to show off all the pictures and stuff like that and then try to incorporate like maybe a calendar app and have it as are for the um the probably just more for the family that the family can you know kind of go into uh, go onto the sites and um you know to, they can go in there and uh, get uh, updates on the calendar and what's going on um you know pictures a lot of pictures and stuff like that but you know, and maybe if I can use the cal- get the calendar work and get the calendar working for the whole house, so we can you know get my whole house on the, uh, one solid calendar. But I, I don't think it's it's it, I don't think it's going to do what I want it to do. So I think I'm just going to wind up wipe, uh, wiping it out. What uh, popular service do you compare this Elg to? Um, I'm gonna have to go with it's. I don't know. It, ELGG is is kind of a um, it's it's a social media blogging type. It's, but it's, it's like regular blogging. Like you can have like a full, like one person could have like a full blogging, a blogging site with like 
microblogging and with uh, I actually installed a, uh, a chat service to it. It's almost like a, like a little IRC system. Um, yeah, I, it's yeah, that's pretty much it. And I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna uh, throw this out there. If you, if you think about it, what's the difference between a blogging um, a blogging social media site and a uh, a forum? The only thing I can come up with that the difference is is um, one is referenced by the subject matter, the other one is referenced more on the lines of the people. True. Uh, I don't do much blogging, um, and I don't even participate that much on Google+. Plus. Um, I just basically read it. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't have much of a need for blogging or telling people about my daily goings on. <laughs> exactly, and that's you know that's why I'm not on too many social media. And I do the same thing with Google+. Plus. I just I got it on my phone for the most part, and I turn it on, and I sit there and I flick through uh, what other people have written. And a lot of times, there's uh, I you know you got to subscribe to the right people and just get uh, the good information and go through that. I don't really want to know about people's days and stuff like that either. But but that's kind of like what I was thinking. If 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 you can kind of incorporate the same idea of of blogging and forums, I think it would be an interesting experiment. But I don't know. I, I that'd be one of those projects that I'd sit there and play with and play with and then find absolutely no use for, and then it just gets thrown away anyways. I guess if you was going to set it up for, I mean, if your family and extended family, you know was off you know out of state or whatever or if you want if, it, if there was a way to where you could set it up to where you could just be a family related site then i i think that would be nice yeah it'd be uh, yeah it might be pretty cool but like i said i have a feeling it's just not gonna do what i want it to do if i do that i wish i could fi- search around and see if i can find like a uh, fantasy football plugin for it and uh uh i don't know stuff like that, that that'd be kind of cool my family I'm, does does family does uh, family fo- uh, fantasy football. That's why. Ow, I, I, that's something else I'm not into is the fantasy stuff like that. Are you just not into like football and sports, or you just uh, not into the fantasy? Oh, I like sports. Oh, I mean, I like watching uh, my local teams here, uh, professional. You know, the NBA and NFL, um, and the college. I like college sports too. I love college football. And, in basketball, but uh, as far as doing, uh, I, what I'm afraid of is if I tried doing a fantasy league of some sort, I'd get hooked, and it's like gaming. That's why I never started gaming. I think I'd guess I'd just go whole hog into it and become a hermit. Well, I don't know. I've uh, I've been doing it for a while. This is my second year doing it, and I find that the only about the only thing I do is um, the most of the week I just kind of sit down. I take like one day where I sit down and look at my team. I go, okay, who's still playing? Who's who's uh, injured? And then I go through and they do like uh, projected points, and I go, all right, and I kind of uh, stack my list on uh, on who I think is going to be best with the projected points, and then I just kind of walk away from it, and then like every Sunday, good lord, every Sunday I'm looking at it like every couple of minutes just to see who. Uh, you know who's getting me points who's not getting me points but besides that i did you know it just kind of sits there that's the that's the one thing about football is you have pretty much like besides now when they're doing the uh, the thursday night games and you know the mondays and thursdays you're pretty much just got that sunday and that's the only time that you really got to pay attention to football yeah, or the nfl at least right Sorry. yeah it's not yeah you don't have as many games going on as like a, a baseball or foot or basketball 
Right. And that's in my opinion. That's one of the downsides to those uh, sports is I mean, I'm I love hockey, but I have a hard time watching a regular season game of hockey just because it takes so long for the season to go by. And, you know, if you the one thing with football is you lose one game and it's, it's completely detrimental to the entire season. You lose one game of hockey and it's not that big of a deal. And I think we went completely off the rails from uh, our uh, talking about our servers. Yes, um, another another server type application I, I run on, and this is only because I was a big um, Google Reader user I, for my RSS feeds. Do you use any type of RSS? Do you get into RSS feeds of any type? The only ones I do is for my podcatching, and I only do my podcatching on uh, my phone for the most part. And right now, I'm using an app called Beyond Pod, which I'm not terribly happy with. But I'm just kind of, I've you hit that point where you have everything loaded into it, and you're just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and that, yeah, I've I've used it a little bit for um, kept it for like uh, 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 some news, but not by much. I'm not big on news. I don't know. Yeah, I I I only had maybe twelve feeds that I watched, and they were all technology related, just to keep up on what's going on, you know, with technology news. And there were some some Linux feeds that you can get that are real interesting. Um, but anyway, I, I was a like I said, Google Reader was a free service, and like some you know free services, they took that away, and so I was I'd started researching or and hearing about all these you know google reader replacements that were coming around and there's this free project it's called tiny tiny rss and it's it's kind of like home cloud that you add a repo on you know ubuntu or a debian or you know whichever distro of a machine you're running and it's basically a, a web server and you uh just go through a quick setup you know through a web gui once you log it once the the software is installed you just log into it through a web browser and you can import feeds from another you know if you got there's a, a standard xml format that you can that i that i was able to get out of my google you know from my google account so i was able to import that into it and i've got it opened up to the outside so that i can access it from work when i want to and it it works really nice. It's just a nice little nice little server if you're if you're into you know RSS feeds. It it's it's a very nice little very nice little application. Very cool. So you were able to um, download a podcast through the RSS and then listen to it from uh, off your site through there or streaming through there. I imagine you could if you wanted to. I don't do that. Uh, I I use a dedicated. Uh, podcatcher and i don't use the the web this tiny ttrs server to do my podcatching i just i, I use a standalone well a dedicated application on my home desk you know on my desktop system to it goes out nightly on a, with a crown job and goes out and downloads all my podcasts nightly now when you download your podcast do you pretty much just listen to them on your uh computer or do you uh upload them then to like uh uh some sort of an mp3 player or like your phone um about once or twice a week i just connect my phone to my computer that that the podcatcher is on and i just do a rsync to the phone to the ss you know the sd card and just do that once or twice a week when i'm running low and it, 
what's the, the podcatcher I get, I use is called Podget, and it's available in the repos of Ubuntu and Debian, and it's all it's not a GUI program. You it's got two configuration files in it that you go in and configure the way you want it to download your file. You set up one file that gives all your RSS feeds for your podcast, and the other file is more for how the program behaves, how it you know how often you go out and get get the files, and you know it creates you can choose to create a playlist of each time it downloads. So I have it creating a playlist after every night's download. It creates a playlist, and I like that because I kind of like to listen to my podcast in chronological order. So each day I have a playlist made. It's generated automatically for each night's download. So I just load, when I rsync the folder from my computer to my phone, the playlists are in that folder, and I just look at my player on my Android phone and play the playlist in chronological order. So I get all my, I don't have to worry about hearing news that's you know out of order i kind of get a chronological order of any news and tidbits going on very cool so you just use the uh standard player on your android phone and just use uh and then just have it uh, play the playlist yeah i think uh it's called the the free player i use is called rocket player i think it's it was kind of the replacement for the free one that came through through android but that's the one i'm using it's called rocket player that's pretty cool well, most, I mean, even before when I, my other droid, that uh, the older droid I had, my first smartphone, it, the stock Android player would, any about any of these media players will do playlists. So you can, you can take advantage of that on about anything. I mean, even, I mean, even one of the first MPT players I had would do playlists. Right. So what else are you running? Uh, well, while you mention it, we mentioned, uh, we were at the start of the show that we were recording on a Mumble server. Well, this Murmur, well, actually, Murmur is the server portion of Mumble. Mumble is the client, which is what we're using to talk to each other with. But the Murmur server is actually running on a Raspberry Pi here at my house, and that's what we're we've connected to the last two episodes, and we're actually using that to record the shows that we're putting out for HBR here. Very cool. And how uh, how do you go about configuring this thing? Well, I've got a nice, I'll have a nice link for the show notes, but uh, there's a, if you just type in, in your Google search, uh, how to mumble, you'll come to a SourceForge page. That was the first hit I got, and it's very simple. It, it's the Murmur server is in Debian and Ubuntu repos. You install it, you know, the usual way, up Git, and it's got a few basic settings in a config file and, you know you start the server with you know the etsy and that dot the command and you're you're gold i mean you you just do like say a simple text file configuration and if you open up the yeah i have to open up a port out of my router of course to get for you to come into it but uh it's it's you know it's about a 15 minute install and get up and going and you could be talking to people oh that's awesome now, is there any uh, special way to be able to configure rooms and stuff like that, or can you just do that from a, a config file? Um, if you part of the installation uh, in the terminal, it'll pop up and give you where you have to set up an admin user. And if you log, if you connect 
through the mobile client as that admin user, then you can you get extra features in the mobile interface that you and I both know by you know the mobile client feature. Then you can go in there and set up your rooms if you want to. Or there's an add-on uh, application. It's called uh, Mumble Dash Django, and it's basically a web GUI interface to your Mumble, your Murmur server that you can go in and use to configure rooms and user permissions and whatever, what have you. I don't. I've used it a few times, but it's really just as easy to log in to with the Mumble client with that admin account that you set up during install and just configure all the rooms there it's 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 not that difficult to do very cool i always thought about setting one up but then again i just uh between uh i've mostly just been recording with you and uh you know between that and the linux basics um open speak uh server that that's pretty much what we what most people use yeah the reason i did my own was because i think one time we were trying i don't know if it was you were present or not but we were trying to do a podcast and and on the you know the open speak the linux basic server well you know anybody can just jump into a room we got interrupted and this just kind of gives us give a little privacy if you're doing now not to say that the linux basic server is you know crowded and and busy all the time i mean probably 99% of the time you could go in and record a show and not have any problems, but it was just that one time that we got interrupted by somebody that just jumped in and started blabbing. And so it just, I just wanted a little server to, so that I could, you know, if I needed to talk to somebody in, in private, uh, I just give the information to who I want. Right. That makes sense. I mean, there are times where, especially on a Friday night, just because Friday night's just open night, and if we don't have, uh, you know, the uh, the credentials to be able to set up a private room or something like that, then yeah, that's it's a big help just to have our own. And just on this same Pi, I also have an IceCast server running. Now, you got to, well, I know everybody's probably familiar with the Pi, but this just blows me away what you can do with this little device. This is actually running two server applications, uh, the Murmur server and IceCast, which is uh, basically a way to, to where you can stream you can broad you can you can broadcast a audio stream out to the internet with it and i first discovered it uh probably a little more than a year ago you know last year when uh, the hpr show decided uh, they were going to do a 24 hour they, i think they did a 12 hour show the year before that back in 2011 and 12 and then last year they decided to go 24 hour so i decided to provide some to help out with that and i discovered icecast for for streaming you know live audio it can be you can play music whatever audio feed is coming out of your sound card you can actually broadcast to the internet this way and and like the murmur server it's very simple to set up um there's a link and there will be a link in the show notes uh how to forge I, I just love that site i don't know if you are you familiar with how to forge i think so i don't know anytime i run into a problem i just do a search and wherever it takes me and i think it's taken me a how to forge several times but i go to wherever it takes me and then just kind of go through there and see where you know see where i go i kind of hop around Right, uh, but usually ninety uh, percent of the time, if you type in "how to" with some type of subject for Linux, usually you're going to run into a SourceForge page and, a, and it, or a How to Forge. 
page and they just it's so useful for setting up services like this and it like say you go to that site and it's like a 15 like it's another 15 minute install and config and you can be pumping your own radio station out to the internet if you'd like as long as you have an open port you know through your firewall and that's awesome now did you take part in the last uh, the 24 hour um hpr yes um i provided i was actually pumping the mp3 feed through mumble out to an icecast server i had set up at my work um let's keep that on the down low because they don't know about it but i've got a nice cast server running off our internet feed there because we got more bandwidth and the, plus it was you know during the time that school was out of session so it wasn't that big a, and, and even even if you had uh i mean you the Icecast, the biggest demand on Icecast and streaming is your bandwidth going up. So, because you're, you're uh, how do I say it? The people drawing off of the feed is feeding off your up uplink. So, if you don't have a very good uplink, you're going to be limited. So, like we did some, I was going to do it from here at home, but I only have like a, a four megabit up and with the help of the uh all cast planet irc i put out a call to do a test we had i could only handle like uh 30 35 connections to through my home internet you know feed before it would start breaking down so it's all dependent on your upload stream upload your upload speed so that's why i set one up on a debian server at work and so i was pumping the mp3 port we had two people pumping one one was doing an aug feed and i was doing the the mp3 feed so i was pumping it to the first ice caster at, at at my work location and then we had another and then we had a mirror off of each one of those so we had like two two people with clients just pumping the streams the audio out to the two main IceCast servers, and then they had off of each one of those, they had a, a relay, an IceCast relay. So we had actually four IceCast servers running to where it would spread the load, and if one happened to go down, you'd have another one for a failover. So it was a pretty simple setup, really. It only took you know us getting together on IRC, you know, a few times, and then meeting on Mumble maybe wants to get everybody, get every, all of our ducks in a row, and it's, we're getting ready to have a meeting tomorrow uh, after the HPR community news on Saturday to meet with whoever's going to be providing the servers this year. So it's 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 kind of fun to help set up, set that up, and be a part of it. That's very cool. Now, are you uh, broadcasting or helping broadcast anybody now, or? Well, right now I, I've let I've volunteered my Pi streamer. <laughs> I call it the PiCast, uh, the Mintcast podcast, and the Sunday Morning Linux podcast are using my Pi for their live streaming. So if you go to their websites and get the link for the live stream, you're actually connecting to my Raspberry Pi that we're actually on right now, and you can listen to their live broadcast. That's very cool. It, it, I mean, it, it's a, like I say, it's just incredible, this little pie, and, and it, it doesn't take much system resources for these two. I mean, I'm sure we could be doing, a, right now, the one of those podcasts could be streaming right now while we're doing our 
our recording here, since you know the recording's not being done on the Pi, it's doing on your local machine, but uh, it, it wouldn't bog it down because I've, I've watched the load on the Pi while they're streaming to it, and they get maybe, you know, I think the most listeners I've seen at one time was like 12. And that pie just, it doesn't even hardly even know it's going on. I mean, it's, now I was watching my internet feed through my router, and now that was going up. But as far as the load on the pie, it was nothing. I mean, it was just, it's just like it wasn't even running at all. I know there was some talk last year about uh, how many people uh, that they were worried about crashing the uh, the OpenSpeak server with too many people or upping it so that, that they thought that it can only hold maybe about 50 at a time. Did you ever think about how many people it might actually take that uh, the, the Pi could take on this? You know, I'm, I th- I'm not sh- I think as far as, like I say, I think as far as the system at load, it's it could handle 100 people. But I think it's going to be my bandwidth since I'm limited on my home connection. I think it would be the bandwidth that would actually bring it down and not the the you know the overload of the of the system yeah so it's not the hardware itself it's just the, the connection right and like every year when we do this uh john jay newstetter who's the owner and operator of the open speak linux basic server he just he has to go in and change i think he ups the number of connections that he can have on that server for you know that 24-hour period and i think he it cost him very little money to do that, but it's hosted, of course, on a you know a dedicated VPS server. So it's got you know I'm not sure what the bandwidth he has to it, but it's it's been more than enough. I think last year at the peak we seen close to close to a hundred people connected at one time at the peak. Really? Yeah, there was there was, a, there was close to a hundred connections. Now, not everybody was talking at once, of course. You can only talk one person at a time. but And that's something else that, you know, is bandwidth dependent is when you're actually speaking. So, I mean, you weren't, if you had one person speaking, that's not a lot of bandwidth, you know, just one one audio stream. But so, I mean, and that, and that server, it didn't have any problems with the, I'm, I'm almost pretty sure, I know, it was cl- I know it was 80 to 100 connections at one time. That's freaking awesome. I wish I was on during that time. The only time uh, when I was on, I think I only saw maybe about, I almost want to say I saw like 25 on at a time. And once again, it wasn't everybody talking, but you do run into uh, uh, like five people trying to talk at the same time, trying to make a comment about something. And then you also have uh, like, there's always the possibility of lag. So uh, you have a lot of people that, you know, they'll start talking and start falling on top of each other. Yeah. And like, I know when I was monitor, you know, I was when when I was there monitoring everything and had the client pulled up. You know how the the user list is on the right hand side of the interface on my full screen monitor. At one time, you had to it had a scroll bar because it had so many users that you had to use the scroll bar to see the whole list of users. So that's you know. <clears throat> I, you know, it depends on your screen resolution, of course, also. But um, under normal, you know, screen resolution, I couldn't see the whole list of people connected without scrolling up and down. And I've never, you know, that's the only time I ever see that many people on a, on a mobile server, of course. <laughs> that's absolutely awesome. I don't know who first came up with this idea, but it, it was, I thought it was a great idea. 
and you know all everything that's said during that uh, 24 hours isn't necessarily pure gold but it was it was i i, I sat there and i listened to uh every last minute that was recorded it was great yeah it, it's a lot of fun um well um and uh, i guess i'll mention this other this little app i was using for that there's a there's an application it's called but and don't everybody laugh at once but that stands for broadcast using this tool and it it's not included in any of the repositories of ubuntu or debian you have to download it and extract it and do a config you know do the make make install type app you know install of it but it's very simple to install and it does exactly what it says it you use it to push this push your whatever's coming out of your sound card out to a nice cast server and so that's a neat little app that's cool do you think they came up with the uh the acronym first or the name <laughs> i'm not sure but it it it's it, every time i mention that people chuckle so it's b-u-t-t that's what it stands for broadcast using this tool and it does exactly what what it says it's it it's a gooey little it's a little gooey app and it's uh pretty easy to configure to start pushing you a stream out very cool uh, do you have anything else that you use on your servers um well not really um just file sharing uh myth tv pushing you know doing recording tv live t- watching tv uh the own cloud tiny tiny rss mumble icecast i think i've mentioned about everything i can think of all right, so you have one of your Raspberry Pis uh, running the, both the uh, IceCast and Mumble servers. Do you have any other Raspberry Pis, and what are they doing? Uh, I've got two, and the other one I just basically play around with. I don't. I've uh, tried running OwnCloud off of it, but it, if you think it runs slow on a regular PC, it just it's intolerable untol- on a Pi, and I I wish it was. I wish it wasn't so because the Pi would be a perfect, you know, application, perfect uh, device for a small cloud-based server. And it just, I just, I, just, I mean, I can barely tolerate it the way it is on the computer I've got now, uh, but I just could not tolerate it on the Pi. Now it does run the tiny. I have put the tiny, tiny RSS on it, and it runs that just fine. But I don't know what it is about OwnCloud that just makes it so sluggish. Yeah, uh, with me. Oh, now, sorry. Go ahead. I, well, now the reason. Okay, the the reason, original reason I bought my pies was to uh, my son wanted to take advantage of my Myth TV system in his bedroom. So I got I've done a little reading and research about how you could ax, ax, use a Raspberry Pi to make a little media server that you connect to a TV and you could access your well, you know, whatever media you have on your network. So I started out putting RASPMC on it and got it all working and set up, and it does and it does great for doing your ripped content, your your music. Um, it's got a nice interface. It you, if you hook up a remote control to it, it didn't even have to configure anything. It just worked right off the right out of the you know right out of the get go. The com- remote control I had laying around, I was a, had a USB receiver with a IR, you know, an IR USB receiver worked right out of the box, and 
XBMC has a plug-in for Myth TV to where you can actually connect to the to your main Myth TV system to where you could watch. You could even do live TV. You could watch live TV, and you didn't have to install Myth TV. You just had to get the plug-in and get it installed into XBMC, which I did. And I found that for watching live TV through it, it 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 was tolerable, but I can it just it was very choppy and it, i think it has to do with the file format that uh myth tv uses it's an mpeg format and i even purchased the mpeg uh codec from the pi foundation and that helped i mean that actually made it usable but it but any other media i had like my ripped movies off a of dvd would they'd play just fine and even the recorded stuff from myth tv would play fine it was the live tv portion of it that it would not function correctly or it was just undesirable i mean it would work but it was just it was just got it, it wouldn't buffer it was like it was buffering and you know, pause and skip and just it just it just wasn't very pleasant to to do but yet the recorded stuff which was in a different format I get straight MPEG, but I can't. Maybe the live TV is in a different format that it wouldn't play right because of the codec issue. But everything else worked fine on that. It was. It's a great little front end if you aren't going to connect it to a Myth TV system. I really like the interface of XBMC. It's very intuitive and easy to set up. Uh, you can, if you got a little uh, keyboard, a portable keyboard, and a and a simple little remote you can hook up to it it makes a nice little media center what are, what are you using yours for well i just wanted to ask you how did um how did like the whole um uh, the whole menu system being able to go around from uh um uh, you know trying to choose your files and uh, everything else and going around that whole the, how did xbmc run did it run pretty smoothly or was it kind of uh sluggish or I, anytime I read anything about the XBMC, I, I hear that it's very sluggish. The uh, RASBMC, that, it, that it's very sluggish. But I, I don't know uh, what are they talking about. Or do you, do you know what they're talking about? I, I found the interface to be very responsive, and it's it was the only thing I found fault with it was like I said, I was trying to interface with live TV off my Myth TV system. Um, but as far as playing. Playing media, rip media, or the recorded media from Myth TV, or your music, or your pictures—you know, browsing your picture files, you know, through a Samba Share or whatever—it worked excellent. I, I, in fact, I'm, I'm thinking about taking that second pie that's just sitting there, and, and once I get a, <clears throat> excuse me, once I get a, a, a network drop run to my our our master bedroom, is is putting that on the back of our tv in our bedroom so i can watch when my wife wants to uh when she has control of one you know the main tv i can go back to the bedroom and watch some movies and stuff that i have on my network because i started uh, i had uh, like i was saying before i had uh, found rasplex which was a, a plex uh front end for the i mean yeah plex front end um and the it seemed like it would be like an ideal thing because the whole idea of Plex, at least as far as I understand, is that it's just basically streaming. So it's just basically streaming off. It, the the server does all the work and it uh, sends it up, and it just it was absolutely horrible. And I can't 
I, I can't see why, but it, it was just absolutely horrible. I couldn't get, and I've tried like different formats of ripping. I've had some horrible AVIs that I've had downloaded with that ha- that were just the whole they were they were bad. And then I I found some really good ri- uh, rips that I've had done, and it all came out looking horrible, but like a little bit better than the other stuff. And I've tried to ripping my own stuff. Um, all sorts of different ways and nothing 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 looked good on it at all and to go back to what the it the whole menu system they say you're supposed to just kind of go through and let it all cache and then uh, then it's supposed to be smoother it just it ran so sluggishly and i don't know it i had such high hopes for the rasplex and it just it's it just let me down and so i was looking online and um like you and I had talked before about uh, using the RASBMC, and I know you said you were impressed with it. And like I said, anything I read, uh, just it, any of the reviews I read, just basically said that it was kind of uh, slow and sluggish. And so I found this thing called Zyban, and Zyban is basically the same thing as the uh, RASBMC, but it's um, it's supposed to be like uh, it's supposed to be the, the the newest, the latest, and greatest, you know, the bleeding edge um, uh, hard uh, software for everything. And I've been running that, and I have it. I don't know what it looks like on a regular RASPMC, but compared to the RASPLEX, it is. I have not been happier. I mean, it's everything's been looking great. I mean, there's always moments when you get uh, you kind of got to wait a few minutes for it to kind of. I mean, it's over Wi-Fi anyway, so you got to kind of um, wait for it to finally uh, fully buffer, and then the picture gets really nice and crisp. And you know, you always have those moments where it's kind of a little bit blocky. But I have, with Zyban, I've been nothing but happy with it, and. I'm hoping to play around with it a little bit more and get everything uh, set up because with um, with with XBMC, there's so many different types of skins and stuff that you can set up. Then each skin seems to have like a whole different uh, type of interface to it. So I want to play more with that. Um, and the one thing I kind of I kind of um, I, I don't necessarily well uh, that I miss about the uh, Razplex was uh, Razplex had a lot more channels involved like i can get a uh like like an nbc channel and a lot of the local network channels and stuff like that that i'm not finding with i know there's and i gotta uh, that's another thing i gotta search for um a little bit more with uh is the uh there's i know there's other plugins and other repositories you can set up with uh, uh the xbmc to be able to run um more channels but to get more channels like the like i said like the nbc and stuff like that um other than that i've run uh raspbian but what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to get a little setup here with a uh i bought a um a portable battery it's like one of those ones that you're supposed to recharge up your phone afterwards uh it's got like two usb power supplies plus a little uh 12 volt slash i think it's a 12 volt slash 9 volt out that i'm using for to power up a uh a little seven inch monitor and then the uh the raspberry pi and kind of have it as a portable device so far my only um i need to find a decent container for it um i've been looking around to i might try to find something like a uh a small um like a small pencil box type of a thing something because the the little seven inch monitor i have is kind of chunky 
that it's that I, I got to get something that it'll close with the the whole little battery pack plus the Raspberry Pi, and then I'm I'm also stuck with a great deal amount of wire, and I'm not a very good uh, electrician, so I don't have any plans on taking the wire apart and splicing it and putting it all together. So I got to find something that can kind of house all of that stuff and still be in a small container. But I've run it. I've run it before, and it's you know Raspbian MC is just a nice little um, not Raspbian MC uh, Raspbian. The Debian, the Debian version for uh, Raspberry Pi, it's it's just a fun little distro, and it's it's half of it is is like as soon as you load it up, it's got like uh, so many things for Python and how to how to play around with Python, and I thought that was pretty fun too. And I wanted to set get that all set up and bring it with me so I can just sit there on my lunch hour at uh, work and just like screw around with Python type stuff. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I do with my my Raspberry Pi. I'm going to have to investigate this Xbian. How do you say that? I think it's pronounced Zyban. Yeah, Zybian. X-B-I-A-N. I'm just getting ready to start downloading the image file now. It's Like I said, I well, maybe just because coming from the, uh, the Rasplex, I have been nothing but happy with it. And I've been using the... Um, there's an app on for Android that'll run uh, XBMC where it works over the Wi-Fi. So as long as uh, the uh, your Zyban is hooked up to the uh, to the wireless or to a network, um, then you can just kind of use the use that as a remote. But I am liking your idea that you're talking about with a you found a USB IR. Uh, I might have to look into that. Yeah, when I when I first built my Myth TV system, I. Of course, I did all this research on all the hardware I was going to need, and uh, the remotes that were recommended at that time were a, I hate to say it, Microsoft Media Center <laughs> branded remotes and with a USB IR receiver. And they're supported in Ubuntu, Zubuntu, whatever, you know, the distro at the time that I was using to put Myth TV on top of, and it was pretty easy setup, you know, through the through the Myth TV setup to get that remote working. It was already pre-set up. Now I've switched over to a, uh, oh, a Logitech Harmony, and I was able to actually program, pass the programming, you know, do you set the two remotes in front of each other, and you can actually program the Logitech. You can actually press buttons on the, on the source uh, remote and, program right into the harmony the harmony is a really nice device now that's the big expensive one like the, the 80 dollars one with a little digital display isn't it yeah i think i paid 80 dollars for mine it, it's not the color display it's just the plain now i think they can get now now they've got color displays and they, they just get crazy yeah i was actually looking at uh, remotes today it being black friday and everybody uh you know, all the families now are wanting some sort of a list or ideas for Christmas buy uh, for Christmas, you know, Christmas buying. Uh, I was looking around at different type of things that I might want, and so I'm sitting there going, "Well, how can I best optimize my my systems here?" Because everywhere in my house, I have probably at least two to three remotes going on. You know, upstairs I have the uh, the TiVo remote with the uh, the DVD uh, the, the Blu-ray remote. Downstairs I have the PS the PS3 controller that I use. My PS3, by the way, has just that poor thing hasn't played like any video games since I got it. My brother got it for me probably about I want to say he got it for me Christmas like two years ago. It's out of the blue, big freaking gift. 
shocked the hell out of me. But the poor thing has just basically been like a media center at this point. It's a Blu-ray player, so it's been a it's been a downstairs Blu-ray player, and it's uh, uh it's got Netflix on it, and I've been using it for uh, for Netflix like crazy, and um and now that it, uh, that it's also has uh, Plex on it, which I found by accident. I think Plex was just on there by default. It just the the PS3 just kind of found that there was a Plex server on there and installed everything on its own because I was just like scrolling through uh, about ready to play a DVD and went, saw this thing went hey what the heck is this and it's Plex oh look at there there's all my movies so yeah but but I was looking around for um, a decent remotes to to connect everything together and if I can and I found one that um, to be able to connect to the PS3 is a uh, a Bluetooth way and. So I was thinking about getting one that was for just like downstairs that was meant for the PS3 and the cable box, but I didn't was I don't know if I can if I can do the on demand with the cable box, but if the the IR if I can find a little uh, USB IR that's gonna be freaking that's gonna be freaking cool just for the uh, for the Pi. Yeah, they work pretty nice. Um, it's like I say it's just a when I'm doing the RASP MC image install it. I didn't even have to configure anything. You just plugged it in and it worked right out of the box. That's awesome because I know because of the uh, I have the Plex downstairs on the Raz VMC. I got to move my uh, Zyban up into the uh, bedroom, and the only problem with that is I have two HDMI inputs. One's got the Blu-ray player, with the other one's got the TiVo. So I'm gonna have to get a HDMI switch, and then I'm gonna have to get some way to uh, connect to the uh, to the to the Raspberry Pi. And then IR might be the best way to go to be able to just kind of connect everything together. And I was looking around. They have uh, switches, uh, HDMI switches that have uh, some sort of a remote to them. If I can figure out one remote to do everything for the bedroom, that would rock. Including the switch, that would rock. I'd, I'd recommend looking into one of the... I mean, you don't have to go whole hog on a on a Harmony. Like, say, you can go with the $80 model and it works. You can do multiple devices. I mean, you can do four, at least up to... Four I think up to four devices, you know, with different, you know, with different menu options. My question was be, um, and this where I kind of stalled on the, on my whole thought process was the, uh, trying to use the TiVo with it, whether I actually, you know what, come to think of it, it, it's all basic. It's all pretty basic stuff. Just, you know, a pointer to move everything around. And then, uh, there's no real special buttons to it besides, the live TV button also works to be able to switch because I have the, the uh, tuner card in there. I can record two things at the same time and switch back and forth, which, by the way, is also one of the really cool things that I was thinking about with the uh, with the Myth TV. Because we were talking before, I believe you were saying that you can uh, that you can record multiple things on it at the same time, right? Right. Um, altogether, I have one, two, three, plus four. I have seven tuners on two I mean, this is split between two different Myth TV. You got a master back end, and I got a secondary back end, and so I have seven tuners between the two systems. So I can watch live TV and actually be recording six programs while watching live TV, or I could be recording seven shows and not watching any TV. And that, in my opinion, is awesome because with uh, with TiVo, with only the two. A lot of times you'll hit uh, that you want to record something and it'll say this will overlap with that and that will overlap with this. And even, you know, even now with uh, being able to record two, that starts to get annoying after a while. If I can set up a system where I can record, like you said, six or seven at the same time, that ain't bad. Yep, and it's all free, unless except for your hardware. 
Yeah, the hardware being the big price, and then just the time to get it all set up. Well, Honky, we're coming up on an hour and a half recording here. I think maybe we better give our listeners a break um, from hearing us ramble on. All righty, it sounds good. We better save something for another show. <laughs> Lord knows I like to ramble. Well, any parting thoughts? No, I think uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Um, I just want to say to those who uh, who are listening that uh, if you get a chance, join in on the um, New Year's Eve twenty um, four hour podcast. I joined in last year, and I only joined in a few times, but I sat there and I know I listened to a lot of it, and it was it's a really fun time. If you get a chance. Even just to log on for a minute and listen to some of it or download it um, when it all comes out, it's really it's it's really great. I agree. And with that, I think we'll call this a, a wrap. And we'll if there's anybody that'd like to hear, you know, s- us talk about some more specific topics to make you know a dedicated show to a specific topic, uh, you can. Reach me on IRC. I'm Kay Wisher on the IRC channels. And I believe Honky Magoo is Honky Magoo on the IRC channels. So just give us a holler if you'd like enjoy this uh, show and like us to maybe do something else on a more dedicated subject and just dedicate one show to a specific subject of anything we've spoken of. Um, I know we probably can fill up another hour and a half on each subject we spoke about tonight. <laughs> Oh, definitely. I mean, just going through the configuration files for, um, I know I could probably speak for at least at least a good 20 minutes or so on uh, configuring Samba, um, but I know that... Oh, um, oh one question I was going to have, I had for you, I forgot to ask while he was talking about Samba. Do you do, you do specific, uh, do you get in grain granular with your file permissions and shares to where, you know, I don't know how old your kids are, but I got kids old enough that can accidentally delete some files. And we don't, what I read, the whole reason I set up the Samba server with Linux was for file permission so that I, I could lock down, you know, I wanted the kids to be able to see our family pictures, but I didn't want them to be able to, you know, delete anything or open one up and start editing it with something and, and, and destroy it. So I've got stuff kind of granularly locked down with, you know, user rights and permissions. Do you, do you get that ingrained with it? No, but I know I'm going to need to, uh, my daughter's one years old, so she's not, uh, she's not getting into the computers yet. Um, and my wife, she doesn't, she barely even realizes that it's there. Um, I pretty much just use it. I mean, it's set up on her computer. She can go on to it anytime she wants to, but she, like I said, she's got a she's got a thumb drive where she keeps all of her stuff, and she's happy with that. And anything else, um, she tries to uh, store locally. But even that, she she barely stores anything. You know, even my myself, I barely store anything locally. I just basically, I personally just store everything onto the uh, the the one point five terabytes external hard drive that I have Samba shared. You know, anything anything locally, I figure it's going to get wiped out probably the next time I get ticked off with my. Uh, with my operating system and feel like wiping it out and trying something new. So, uh, yeah, I, I back up all of that. Oh no, yeah. I, sorry. I, I don't do any, I don't do any permission. I keep everything just completely open. Uh, just because like I said, I, nobody, nobody else uses it anyway. So, 
Well, yeah, if you don't have a need for it, then there's no need to. I mean, it, it causes more headaches, but um, you'll, you'll eventually find a need for it, I'm sure, once your kid, if you want to get your daughter and maybe any more siblings she has, gets older and starts using computers. Yep. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up for tonight, and I want to thank everybody for listening to HBR. So that, we're going to say good night. All right, good night. Um, they can also reach us, uh, like you said, they can reach us on um, on IRC. In the, uh, I know I'm in the Linux Basics room, Oddcast Planet, and uh, Podnuts room on uh, Freenode. Um, I'm also on Google+. Plus. If you want to hit me up on Google+, Plus, that's fine. I don't care who you are. I just I accept everybody. Um, and, uh, you can also, and, um, you can also leave a comment on the, uh, on the, the HPR site for this. I've, I haven't actually checked the uh, last one we did in a while, but, uh, I have, I do check it every once in a while. Oh, I wasn't aware you could leave comments. Yeah, I believe comments are open. Uh, like I said, I, I checked that uh, there's a little section right underneath, uh, where, uh, the page is and it, right there in the bottom, it leaves a little section where you can leave comments on it. Well, that opens up for some for some hate comments then. So everybody, please leave your feedback for us. Let us know how we're doing and if you want to hear us again. If you want to hear me mumble on for a little while about this and that and uh, stutter on trying to figure out my words, just let me know. <laughs> it can't be as bad as me. I don't know. I listened to that last one. I, a couple of times I sat there and went, come on, man, find the right words. It's right there, right there in front of you. Hey, this... this just this is just a prime example for all our listeners. We're not professionals. I mean, you can tell by our course, by our <laughs> the quality of our content. But anybody can do this. If we can do it, anybody can. And that's the great thing about HPR. I agree. So thank you for listening, and we're going to sign off for now. Good night. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HPR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.